The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Chris Thrill. I'm a former Royal Marines commando. I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Paul, how you doing, mate? Hi, Chris. Nice to see you again, mate. Yes, I should say shit, mate, shouldn't I? There you go. <laughs> shit, mate. I yeah. missed the chance for a bit of military banter. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, you came on the um, on the podcast before to talk about uh, your incredible book, Return to Bomb Alley. Feel free to give it a a, a flash <laughs> up. Um, but we're not here to talk about that today. Although we will, friends, put a link for Paul's book below and a link for the podcast we did. Uh, we're here because I saw you putting some stuff on Twitter and I recognize the name Emily Osler because I I yeah. gather, I can see that she upset a lot of people with that article she wrote. I can't remember the publication now, but she wrote a big long article suggesting that all the, you know, the, the people that went along with the, let's not say the buzzwords, mate, but went along with the last three years of medical shenanigans. Okay. Should okay. all be given an amnesty. And, and, uh, That's right. It was in the Atlantic, a, a publication called The Atlantic. Uh, okay. Let, let me just find it. The title of the article was Let's Declare a Pandemic Amnesty. And this came out in October last year. And like you say, it caused a bit of a stink. I think she also was a bit controversial and upset a few people because didn't her perspective on the whole thing change? She was quite Teutonian, is that the right word? When it's right, it's got to be like this, face masks, and and then she kind of like had to change her tone because people just weren't buying it anymore, were they? That's right, she did. She sort of set out from the start. Uh, her family and her husband and her kids were going out in the forest and everything. They were all wearing masks and they had sort of code words for if somebody came close, then they'd say the code word and then the kids would all put the masks on. You know, so that, they really fell for it big, big time right at the start. But uh, she did change and she... Um, she actually put out in public that she disagreed with school closures, you know. And I, I can agree with that, you know. It, it, it was a bad idea right from the start. But she really let herself down with this uh, October 20, 2022 article. Um, I, I mean, I could go into some of her background, if you like, um, just, just to set this up. I do my best not to attack other people. Yeah, because we we're going to come on and talk about this. About you also put uh, I saw you put a post in a veterans group the other day because I saw that you put a tweet out about it, and it's that thing, isn't it? That when we project onto others, we're basically saying that we're damaged individuals that haven't got over our childhood trauma. So 
friends at home, we're not having a go at anyone here. It's just the topic for a podcast. This this article did upset people. The question there is, should there be an amnesty for all the people that went along with the last three years of what was essentially authoritarianism, totalitarianism, and also um, fascism, because it brought in businesses as like state agencies. Suddenly the BBC, right, who's a company, started telling people like what they had to do, right? You've got to get down to your healthcare and you've got to do this three times. Then you've got to have like six of the, and it's like, hang on, you're, you're, you're just a TV channel. And then of course the public apparatus as in the national health service, they went along with what the corporate pharmaceutical companies told them absolutely mind boggling pool the naivety and and let's just say it, the incredible stupidity of yeah. the average person mm-hmm. that literally still hasn't worked out that what you see on the tv isn't real the mm-hmm. news is not real <laughs> but and there's some very clever people falling for this emily oster is one of them well doesn't it show you that intelligence at you you can't learn it in university can you um exactly you, you, but you can get a, a massive dose of the old brainwashing. Now, yeah. what I wanted to say is there's a fascinating um, uh, philosophical debate here, isn't there? That that for a start, if you're going to have an amnesty, like where's the cutoff? Because does that mean that all the teachers at the kids' schools have to go to Nuremberg? Because let's be honest, they all went, they're still, they're still putting the hand gel on the kids, right? Yeah. Just the mind boggles putting alcohol plus all the other toxic chemicals that are in those gels onto the 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 the, the infant hands it's going straight through the children's skin into their bloodstream yeah and and these people are supposed to be educators paul that's right um this is the level of the the indoctrination and the brainwashing that this thing has had so do we drag all them to nuremberg or is it for just like the Fauci's and and the the big pharma criminals that would be that would be one sort of thing and the other thing is you know i think people are angry because they fell for it and they went along with it Mm -hmm. i'm not angry with anyone you know i didn't do the lockdown thing i went out when i wanted met whom i wanted i was the same you know i don't wear a certain thing on my face because the research I done tells you you don't get sick from other people. You you it it's far more likely to be diet related at, or or an agent in the environment. Um, and I love all people, so I don't feel bit bitter. Uh, um, because if I did, it would be a projection of where I am in life. And before people go, oh, what you're just going to let them all get off? It's not about that. It's that. I don't give them agency, Paul. Everyone at the moment is giving these. Cr- don't talk about Fauci. He's just a just a a, a a criminal for the new world order. If you don't believe it, he's the same person that pushed a, a certain hoax that started late seventies, eighties. Anyone my age, the, the icebergs, another massive fraud perpetrated on the people. You, you know, you create your own reality, Paul. Yeah. So I never went along with any of this. My, I was born perfect. 
So there's no way I'm going to desecrate my my beautiful, perfect body with something yeah, that a, a trillionaire pharmaceutical. You know, these people are motivated by greed and evil. Yeah, that's right. They've got more money than you can spend in a thousand lifetimes, but they want more. Why? Why would I go along with it? It's it. The mind boggles. Emily Oster, I've, I've done a bit of research on her, and um, looking back, I'm not surprised to see her come up with this article. This uh, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. So she's an economist by trade. She's a professor. Um, her father was an economist. Her mother was an economist. Her husband is an economist. She's got two kids, and um, I reckon it's a pretty safe bet that they will grow up and become economists because they're in this sort of Ivy League bubble. You know, it's a very wealthy um, living that they've got, uh, all of them. She's also, I found it really surprising, the Guardian described her as a parenting guru. Okay, it makes me laugh a bit. I come from, I'm from Merseyside and... If you if you sent her to try and sort some kids out in Liverpool, they'd they'd run rings around her, you know. Um, so all she is is she's a kind of uh, New York icon, and she gets she's written three books on parenting. I think it's a bit of a hobby. She's a, professionally she's an economist, but she's does a bit of parenting literature on the side. She writes these books. And they're selling like 120,000 copies, that, you know, some of these books. But that's thanks to uh, Rupert Murdoch, largely, because she gets all her stuff printed in the Wall Street Journal, which is one of his. It's not just the sun, you know, he's got newspapers all over the world. He's got the Wall Street Journal. So uh, when, when an article like this appears in the Wall Street Journal, the wine bars in New York, you know, in, they're all celebrating uh, because they, they see it as, it's working you know they're getting their information out there and if i give if you give you a full title um it's goldman sachs university professor of economics and international and public affairs at brown university okay that's a full title so what what worries me about that's the first two words okay I take it it's got to be declared Goldman Sachs, okay? So that's where the funding is coming from for Emily to to do her stuff at the university, her, her economic stuff. I've got no doubt that she's a very professional economist and she's very capable. No doubt about that whatsoever. Well, she's not that capable, mate. If she Sorry? she's not that capable, if she still hasn't worked out where illness comes from. Well, yeah, and then yeah, she's but... per per perpetrating that myth on her children, so they grow up brainwashed zombies that you know think they can put anything in their body, and there won't be any, you know, think... comeback for it. Um, she's completely out of touch, and and she, she? she's funded by the big club, isn't she? She you is. Know? I mean, look if you look at racing drivers, somebody made the comment once that if you look at racing drivers, they've got the sponsors printed all over them. You know. Why doesn't Emily Oster wear a motorboard with a uh, Goldman Sachs emblazoned on it? You know, because we'd know then that where she's coming from, wouldn't we? You know, so, I mean, and, and this article you were saying before, Chris, um, let's declare a pandemic amnesty. It, if you read through the article, it's really vague. It's like it's like an exercise in 
uh, generalization. You know, she doesn't name anybody. I mean, I haven't got the article in front of me, but she keeps saying some people who were right said this. Others who were wrong said this. Uh, the people who were putting up a fight said this, and that there's nobody mentioned whatsoever. So she doesn't even say who she wants to give an amnesty to, you know? So whether it's teachers down at the bottom or whether it's Fauci up at the top, she doesn't actually state who gets an amnesty. Do you She's think, Do you think, though, I mean, to anyone with half an iota of intellect, this is clearly a damage control exercise, but she's written the piece. Her paymasters are going to publish it, you know, through one of their proxy rags. You and I, and I know most of our viewers watching now, are wise to all this. They're wise to the shenanigans and the, the fact the club owns all the media all of Hollywood, all the music industry, da 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 da, da. The general public that my, my mate refers to as the great unwashed, which always makes me smile. Yeah, <laughs> I you, think that's it. There's another one, isn't it? The useless eaters. Well, one. yeah, that one's a bit... I like the great unwashed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for the masses, it this does work as like the gluing agent that kind of smooths over the fact... All you got to do is put a picture of a pig riding on a donkey or a bear that farts, you know, chuck that on your news channel and the great public completely forget they've been locked in their houses for two and a half years. They've had the one of the most heinous crimes. I'm not going to say what, but, you know, folks can work it out, perpetrated upon their, their beautiful selves. Um, but like I say, chuck in a farting bear and, it's all forgotten about. Yeah, you're right. And do you know what she did? What she was very careful to do inside her article was to describe what you've just described as mistakes. You know, they weren't mistakes. It was quite deliberate. It felt very deliberate to me. There were no mistakes whatsoever. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, a it was a orchestrated plan. Mm -hmm. No. By by people that 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 um, let's just say don't think very much of people like you and me, Paul. Um, and yeah. it nice. to a degree <laughs> it worked, and to to a degree it backfired. But here's the thing about the big club: they ain't caring that it's backfired a bit. They 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 they're so many steps ahead of that. Yeah. You know, they'll yeah. sacrifice the likes of Pfizer, and they'll just be like, you know. Sorry, folks. You, we're, we're going to write. You know, you're the you're the patsy in this. You, the yeah. public, the public want blood. We'll write you off, and then bada bada boom. They'll they'll come back in two years, three years. There'll be there'll be something else. The public will just yeah. see it on their on their media. They'll buy into it. Yes. It's um. I mean, the 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 medical agenda. I'm careful not to say the words here folks just to err on the side of caution but it's not stopping bill gates hasn't shut his mouth this weird gooky computer nerd who stole a computer program and stole and and sold it apparently talking about windows folks yeah who for some reason has self-appointed himself as the world health guru despite the damages that we've seen um 
being being done in Africa and and the and can I say the gay community folks and the uh, drug using community? It's his um, money. He's, it, it, it's his money he's using to buy that power. He did that at the World Health Organization, which is such a threat to everybody now because it's it's its budget is about to exceed the U.S. Defense Department, and that. That's something like nine billion every year, you know. So it's the who is going to get bigger than that very soon. They're funding it all, mate, aren't they? You got the likes of Soros. He's funding like Ukraine, Black Lives Matter. Yes. You got you got yeah. Ihor Kolomoisky that brought Zelensky to power. I mean, he, he, uh, it's. <laughs> folks i'm lost for words <laughs> it's um and the only reason they succeed is people give them their power that's right they that's go probably. along with it right yeah. they I go along with it because the fear they... does work the, the fear works people feel it in the gut and as soon as they think oh dear i could lose my job if i say that that's it they've got them you know not me, I mean, but most of us are, are cowed by that, aren't we? You know, we don't want to lose our jobs. Mate, I've been watching, I like a bit of the old um, Formula One. Yeah. was my dad used to refer to it, like a bunch of rich people burning off the planet's oil <laughs> needlessly. And do you know what? I wouldn't disagree with him. But anyway. My dad, no, my dad used to call it stinking round and round that was it round and round apparently it stinks of um vegetable oil if you go to the actual track which i've never done because apparently the oil that they use for the engines is smells like vegetable or it is vegetable oil or something it's really kind of fine but what what was going to say i found it it it's called drive to survive and it's on netflix at the moment and there's five uh, five series, you know, of the last five years of motor racing. It's very fascinating to see the inside take on these essentially young lads who are multi-millionaires and that can drive a car faster than anyone else on the planet. But the last couple of seasons, they all been wearing the thing, haven't they? Yeah. All of them. Not one person saying, look, screw that. I ain't putting this nonsense on the children. It stops here. Sorry, folks. McLaren or Ferrari or Renault, go find yourself. And it's follow the crowd, though, Chris. If the public turns all this around and wins in the end, they'll be trying to catch up very quickly. You know. That's, yeah, it's a difficult. Look, it's a difficult one because I know there'll be people watching now saying, "Well, I had to wear it for work." Is and yeah. my answer is like, "Well, you, you, you didn't. Come on, let's be honest. You didn't have to." Very slowly, Chris. I'm very positive about this because I can see that the sit it's the ta- the tables are turning as we speak now. Very, very, very slowly, but they are, and we're going to get there in the end. I'm sure of that. I'm absolutely positive of that. Yeah, just just going to keep awakening people to the fear-based narrative, Paul. You know, it's the lowest form of vibration, and it's how they win. It's- you know what I do? I I take the Mickey out of them. Um, not in a nice way and it works with with this emily oster thing i I was going to say before uh, it ended up on substack Uh, she was interviewed by 
somebody called Hamish McKenzie, who's a journalist, and he invited her onto Substack, onto his channel, uh, which I can't remember what it's called. But, uh, where are we? Where are we? Uh, no, I can't remember. But I put a post, I put a comment up after reading the article, and I said, um, oh, yeah, I read, um, I read Emily Oster's uh, article in The Atlantic, and it was boring, it was tedious. In fact, an anagram of Emily Oster is tiresomely. So I do stuff like that. I, I find anagrams and I mess with the word, I mess with the letters and I, you know, I get that, I get at them in that way. And do you know what they did? They deleted that comment. And that's the first time I've ever seen Substack delete a comment. Okay. But Hamish McKenzie. Is one of the big guys. There are three people who started Substack. He is one of them. So this fella, he was a journalist, but he's created Substack, and it's gone massive, as you know. Everyone's on it. He's going to be in a different league now, somebody like that, because he's made a lot of money from that. I haven't, I haven't even looked how much. But now he's being forced down that road that they all go down. Uh, GB News is another one that, that's in a similar position. I'm waiting for them to flick a switch and go mainstream at any point, you know. But Substack has been fantastic. I've got I've got a a, a a channel on there as well, you know. It's it's really big, and I think it's been great. But I've never seen anything. What they've done now, I tried to go onto this article the other day, and they've made it so you can't view the comments anymore. And they've done that because most of the comments that came in were reacting, you know, they were critical thinkers and they were putting it back and saying, no, she was wrong, you know, and explaining it very well. They've now made that inaccessible, so we can't even see. So this is what Substack are doing now. You know, I hope somebody else gets onto this. Substack is like a, is, is it like a sort of blog platform and people can yeah. sign up and follow you if they like you basically that's right yeah. yeah it's very good and you can do all these statistics and everything you can see how many people are following your channel and all this sort of stuff yeah you can do videos and everything yeah now these comments being deleted or hidden or the comment section being hidden is that the Substack author so the channel owner doing that or is it the company no Somebody called Hannah came up and told me that she deleted my comments. Oh, she was a moderator for Substack. She must be the moderator for Substack, yeah. Uh, him, he's somewhere in the background, but I think his influence is uh, saying, right, let's uh, let's make those comments inaccessible now because you can't see them now. It was a really bad reaction to this article, you know. And if you go and look at it, you'll you'll see that you can't see the comments anymore. There were no positive ones. Nobody agreed with Emily Oster. Yeah, but wasn't it like it, it was the same on um, YouTube when you had companies like the BBC that were putting their propaganda out and there was just thousands of comments not putting up with it. So they just yeah. started to, to delete their comments, you know, to, to make it no, no comments on this video. Yes. Um, and you're saying you think Substack's going the same way. It looks like it, yeah. It's very sad, but that's the direction of travel, Chris, definitely, yeah. Wow, that, the the thing about the internet, it was supposed to free us all, wasn't it? And and very, you know, uh, as we've seen, it, it's been infiltrated at all 
points of entry by the big club who've bought the big, you know. Back in the early 90s, yeah. I was, I was, oh, this is amazing. You know, I'd come out, I, I could type and everything. I'd always had a, had a keyboard under my nose. I did in the Navy. I was a radio operator, but I left in 83 and then computers took off. And uh, so back on the keyboard and, and the internet in the early 90s, when we got you know, the web and everything, we connect ourselves. I was so positive about where we could end up. We could end up with global communities linking to each other and swapping ideas. But it's all been sabotaged, really, by the people who created the internet, you know, the military. I'd go one step further. Yeah. We've all sabotaged it, Paul. And the reason is the way they control the internet is the same way they control everything. And this is going to bring us on to your next or the next subject, which is your veterans page, where you said, yeah. fellas, until you start realizing we're God, we're, you yeah. know, we're, we're the universe experiencing itself subjectively, you're going to keep putting these little hate-filled comments and yeah. none of us are going to get anywhere, right? The same with the, in that this is the thing, Paul, about the internet, is that the club understand the spiritual battle. They get it. All they've got to do is keep people afraid and in their ego and they win every single time. Why did Samson fight the lion? Okay. Because lion in scriptural terms is, is esoterics. It, it's allegory for ego, right? If you listen, Gospel of Gospel of Thomas, right? It's fascinating stuff. Or I love this stuff now. You know, I used to think like the Bible was about religion. Like if you read the Bible, you had to go and get brainwashed by a church, and you had to believe yeah. like women could walk on water and men could get pregnant and all this like just mental stuff. You know, what I've come to realize is that no, it's not. It's nothing to do. The churches is like the last thing that Jesus wanted people to, to build, you know, um, it, 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 because anything you put, put between you and the spirit, what he called his father, what people call God, anything, whether you tarot cards, crystal ball, church, it's a blocker. It's literally like you're trying to make that connection and you're putting a blocker in front of you. You know, it's crazy. It's like, trying to connect with spirit and getting pissed out your head. It's just, it's not going to work. Gospel of Thomas, fascinating. Uh, Adidamus Judas Thomas was his name. Some people think it's Adidamus because it means twin, uh, that he might have been the twin brother of Jesus. But allegedly in one his gospel, which was one of the sort of like Gnostic gospels that was found in a cave, wasn't in the, you know, in the, as they call it, the canical Bible or whatever. Anyway, in one of those quotes, which is said to be the official word of uh, Jesus or Yahshua, I'm not quite sure about that, but man must get on top of the lion, lest lion becomes the man. If you feed your ego, your ego controls you. Ego is lion, right? If you get on top of your ego, you control it. The man controls the, you, you know, rather than an ego control. Yeah. And um, it's, this is it. This is the internet, isn't it? It's, it's 
it's playing to fear. It's playing to people's short-term attention spans. It's playing to people's craving for dopamine, you know, without having to actually go and do any, you know, you don't have to go and fight bears now or like actually, you know, build yourself a fence or anything in this life. Now you just put on YouTube and you look for monkey rides a pig or, you know, what are these hero veterans doing this week? Or, or, or so long as we buy into this pool, this, this is the problem, isn't it? This li- literally is, is the problem. Man has substituted God with the internet. <laughs> yeah. It certainly changed our lives out of all recognition, hasn't it? <laughs> if you go back to the 80s, um, what a different world it was then. I mean, we, we used to complain, didn't we? But uh, looking back, I get, I get very nostalgic. You know? It was different, but they still were prepping us, weren't they? If you look at, like, remember the bands that were really famous? They were all, like, I know they weren't, right? But we thought it was all satanic, didn't we? You know, Black Sabbath and all these, you know, Ozzy Osbourne's just bitting the head off a bat. Every school kid knew that how evil Ozzy Osbourne was, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, friends, we, we we know that he's not, but I'm just saying. But you can see that, the, you know, Stephen King got his first advance, 300,000. That was, I believe, in the 70s. You know, they, they these authors get these advances. If they, the other one was it Dean Coote starts to write about pandemics, doesn't he? You know, contagion, all these kind of yeah, yeah. fear-based narratives and and. And then we had the start of the horror genre and Hammer House of Horror. And no, it wasn't the start of it. Obviously, it, go, it goes back years and years. But yes, yeah, so. Are you, saying, are you saying this is predictive programming? Uh, oh, uh, massively. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, massively, Paul. Of course it is. Um, you know, the Cold War. There was no Cold War. If If there was a war, then it meant every Russian you met would be a a dickhead, you know, that, that that was a threat to you and your family. I never felt there was a war on. I've, I, I've, I've never managed. I've never managed to find that Russian today, or a Ukrainian like that, or a, you know, I'm I'm talking. There's always the odd bad apple, but I'm talking generally speaking. It was the media again, wasn't it, selling us? Yeah. We used to believe that those big missiles that they drove. We we thought they was actually nukes. <laughs> didn't occur to us they was just models <laughs> you know where they're just um yeah so they probably invented television so they could show pictures of their models all over the world well exactly whenever there's a new invention it's 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 just it's co-opted the right word you know it's yeah you're a glutton for punishment mate going on in veterans pages that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, the reason I go on, and I'm very persistent, I've, I've been going on those pages since about 2004, believe it or not. Um, I remember doing it back then. I used to go on the ARRSE website, uh, which is the Army. Um, it's nothing to do with the Army. It's all the Army would disassociate themselves from it at the drop of a hat, you know, Um Somebody's set it up and it's got really popular. 
I don't know when it was set up, but it's way back. It's probably 20 years ago, something like that. I got in there quite early, and I'm going to give you an exclusive now. Uh, my, I didn't use my real name. <laughs> my name on there was French person, right? And I got, I became infamous on there as French person. I used to question why did... Um, two buildings fall out of the sky in New York. You know, why did that happen uh, back in the early part of this century? Three, yeah. I know, know, but as time went on, uh, the news came out that a third one, uh, because it took so long for that that third building. uh, This is like 2004, you know, it's three years later that we eventually find out that a third building had fallen as well, you know. So I was going on and questioning this sort of stuff, and I was getting down the banks, you know, from everybody, almost to a man. They were slagging me off, you know. And I, I wasn't a masochist or anything. I, I was going on there, and I was finding that some people would agree with me. So I got a bit of a bit of a chat going with them, you know, and it was, it was really good. But I've since been banned from there, you know. I got banned a couple of years ago, so and they won't let me back. You know, no chance. I'm saying all the wrong things, so I've got no chance. Yeah, but since then, um, and what you were referring to, I think, is Navy.net. Uh, and for people who don't know, I was in the Royal Navy for seven years. Uh, I was down in the Falklands, and uh, I thought, why not join that? And I had this, I had this book coming out, this one. Uh, so it was March last year, and I thought, I'll join that and, and see if I can give it a bit of a plug and see what happens. So what I did was I did about 10 bullet points of different questions about the Falklands War, and I gave the title of the book, you know, Return to Bomb Alley, 1982, Falklands Deception, and then 10 bullet points asking questions that had never been asked and what was going on here, what was going on there. And I listed them all on, on the Navy.net uh, site, and then straight away, I had people attacking me. And they're very clever the way they've set this up because they are all anonymous. Nobody uses the real name. I'm on there as Falklands vet, but very early on, I put my name up there. I'm Paul Carden. Here's my book, you know. And um, so I'm, I'm on there as somebody who is identified. And I'm saying to them, well, why don't you identify yourself, at least own your words type of thing? And uh, it'll have a bit more value then, a bit more sort of credence if you own up to what you're saying and put your name uh, by it. And they're coming back and saying, oh, can't do that, Persec. And I'm thinking, what's Persec? So I run off and I look it up. It's personal security. I think it's a military term. So personal security is a bit of a double-edged sword because... It works in one way, whereby if you don't use your name, then somebody can't come round to your house and start throwing stones at your windows and, um, I don't know, kidnapping your children or whatever they, whatever they think might happen, you know. They think, so if they're thinking I'm a threat to them, I might, I might come round and uh, do something really bad to them. So they've got a bit of level of paranoia going on there, you know, they think. Think I'm going to do something like that. I'm the last person to do something like that. So, um, but the other edge, the double-edged sword, the other edge of that is that it protects them in other ways. They can say what the hell they like on there, 
and they can back each other up. They can make jokes. They can post stupid little memes and they can have a laugh and all this. And I, I am the brunt of all that. You know, I get the piss taken out of me. Your book, shit. Why haven't you sent us a copy? I said, I'll, I'll say, well, I didn't send you a copy because you slagged it off without even reading it. Why did you do that? Why didn't you read it and then slag it off? So I'm not going to send you a copy of it. Um, I'd be a fool, wouldn't have sent you a copy. But what I'm thinking now, and I've actually, this isn't an exclusive, Chris. I've got an audio book coming out of this book. And I've got the most wonderful narrator. And he's only just completed it. And I had a listen to it the other day. And it's fantastic. His name is Joe Mills. So if you Google Joe, no, no, don't Google it. If you go onto a browser and uh, look up Joe Mills, you'll see that he's done about 20 books and he's a professional voice artist and he is fantastic. That's an exclusive. What I'm going to do on this Navy.net site is offer them a free copy of the audio book and then they can look at it, sorry, listen to it and then come back and give me their opinion of it. So um, that's what's going to be happening soon. Good luck with that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit of an eye opener on those sites. Let's be honest, mate. You and I, we've come we we we've come quite a long ways from our military days, haven't we? And and that's fine. I mean, yeah. You know, Muhammad yeah. Muhammad Ali once said, "If you're the same person at forty <laughs> as you were at twenty, yeah, you've wasted yeah. it's twenty wasted years." I mean, you shouldn't be. Yeah. of the same mindset as when you joined Absolutely. up but i went along with it i went along with the hell of, I've, I've got regrets about some of the things i did and i know you have chris but uh i went along with it but at the nagging at the back of my mind even when i was in the services i always had this feeling i shouldn't be here <laughs> i shouldn't be doing this why did i do it as i got older you know i was 16 when i joined and then by the time i was 23 and i left I'd changed. Muhammad Ali was right. I'd changed a hell of a lot. Again, though, I think you were so, it was so pertinent what you said about the spiritual battle. You said, I mean, do you, can you remind us what, what it was you said? Well, it was something like, um, you are God. I am God. We all are. And we're experiencing this universe together. Something like that. And they came back with just the usual crap, you know, the usual memes and uh, taking the mickey and funny little twists, you know. But uh, I'll carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, I just thought it was it was bang on. You just pointing out where the universe experiences itself subjectively, which means we're all God. Yeah. And um, so long as you just continue to be on a website so you can just be horrible to people... You're you're like completely missing the point of why why we're here, you know. You're you're buying into identity politics that oh yeah. we're all individual and we're all so important and 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 this is a problem not, not, in the veterans community because why have we got such a a high level of veteran suicide? It's because this stuff doesn't get discussed. Exactly. Another thing, Chris is. And any 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 veteran or any ser serving member of the forces going onto a site like that and sussing it out and trying to see what's going on, they're going to be 
deterred from saying anything because they're going to be fearful of getting the, the uh, getting the same sort of online bullying that goes on and browbeating. So that they kept they kept um, down by that, you know. It's yeah. I guess the issue is possibly a lot of these chaps, their military experience is probably like the most important thing they ever did. Yeah. And they're, cl- they're, they're clinging to that identity yeah. like the last rock before a waterfall because, you know, yeah. in their minds, getting that like hat on their head. Chris, a couple of them have said, you're a Walt. And for those who don't know what a Walt is, it's like a Walter Mitty character who's invented uh, a fake... Um, army experience you know so they're saying i'm a walt and i've invented all this i didn't actually go to the falklands i've made it all up i've dreamt it all up so and and nobody none of the moderators are saying uh well he is actually if you go online and check it they're not doing that they're not moderating at all you know so um they're letting everyone get away with stuff like that i'm not bothered by any of this by the way you know it doesn't affect me at all yeah oh mate you're gonna get if you got any kind of profile on the internet <laughs> especially now you've written a book Chris, i'm gonna link them to this video once it's out so they can go and have a look well <laughs> it's um i'd let i just um i think you're too good to, you, you know it's a lot of negativity there mate isn't it, it and yeah. i i don't like our personally just stay away from that yeah I know, what you, I know what you're saying exactly, but for not, I don't think anyone is a lost cause. You know, I think I think people can have a, a magic moment where they suddenly realise what they've been doing is uh, stupid as they get older. You know, yeah. Well, for anyone listening, you know, I, I'm I, I can count my friends on one hand. I think I'm I'm proud yeah. about that. I think it yeah. says a lot about your maturity when you realise who who's actually really got your back. I could probably extend it to 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 ten fingers if, if I was honest, but on those fingers, there's definitely one. Two, ah, there's about five five Marines that I joined up with. We're talking yeah. 30, 35 years ago, yeah. and I tell you what, they are just the epitome of why Royal Marines are massive legends. They are such lovely, and I when I say that I include British veterans as massive legends, but I happen to know Marines obviously, and they just have that kindness about them, and talk about awake. They know everything about the last three years, mate. They know yeah. about buildings yeah. falling. You know, mm-hmm. they know that they, they you could sit down and chat about the Falklands, and they would just be all he is wanting to learn not trying to shut you up because it didn't fit their you know their identity politics and you know they can't go down the pub and give it the the billy big billy big one because you've it up from paul (laughs) so and we you know we should remember this that that uh it it, there's a few people in there screw it up for all of us don't they and and the, the, the the typical british veteran is a very kind and lovely person generally tend to be quite awake because they look back at the service and and they learn from it and 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 they they continue that what do they call it lifelong learning isn't it where you're prepared to learn your whole life and 
and then yeah. naturally when you become an old fart like us <laughs> you have a very different different perspective on it all and yeah and yeah. How wrong is it to not want war for our kids because you see through it and you see who who makes all the money and the profit from it? You know? Yeah, I mean yeah. the Falklands. As much as I'm, it's one of the proudest things. Some of my mates, what they did down there, and and what the Marines did, and and all the forces. But again, you know, I was in the Marines. Ah, oh, mate, just just it it makes me feel emotional every time I think about yeah. it. Yeah. But do I think that it wouldn't have been better to have a peace deal on the table instead of all them them boys losing their lives and uh, a, a generation of, of British people traumatised by the images that we were subjected to on the telly that were brought into our living rooms? My best buddy used to have to watch the news to see if his his, his yeah. dad had died that night, right? He used to broadcast the dead on yeah. after the BBC 6 o'clock news. And his, his dad led... Um, he led Lima Company into battle, and he, my mate, used to have to sit there, see if his dad's name come up on the screen. Then he'd go and cry, him, cry to himself in a bath. He'd go and run a bath just to hide from everyone else, so he could have a cry and no one would know. It's um, you know, it, we need real warriors, Paul, don't we? That are that can talk about this stuff, you know, that mm. are not bigging themselves up on what they did twenty years ago or thirty years ago. Um, we need real warriors up at the top as well, instead of these bloody um, psychopaths. <laughs> well, yeah, this is why I fight the spiritual battle, mate. You know, yeah. yeah, because that is how we. This is how you achieve it. You know, you can only. Life is what frequency, energy, and vibration. You can only affect that through your mind. Doesn't matter what anyone else says. Revolution ain't going to do it because if it did, why are we in this shit that we're in? You know, we've seen loads yeah. of revolutions over the centuries. If you go and try and take down Downing Street, what you're doing, you're replace, replacing that lot of idiots with another angry lot of egomaniacs. Exactly. You know, yeah. you're just going to be back to... It's until people realise you, you, you've you got to make a connection, like you said in, in your comment. You, you know, it's not until you ditch the ego, ditch the birth certificate identity and realize no your universe experiences itself subjectively that uh think that the light bulb goes off in your head and you're like all oh, right yeah we don't need war do we because that's a bit silly now <laughs> it's like me making war on paul or paul making war on me it's just like we would never do it would we you know yeah. because you're you're me and i'm you we're just universe experience itself subjectively so friends can i just say um I invited Paul on the show for a chat and that's what we've been doing. That's why I've been speaking a lot because I don't get the chance to have these chats with very many people away from the internet. All the people I know that are awake, Paul, are on the internet. I I don't really know that many personally, to be honest, other than my Marine buddies I mentioned. I think I told you in the last video, I, I go to a stand in the park group. So I'm lucky that I know 50 odd people who are, yeah. Why do I, you know? Sorry, I have to apologize oh. to my local stand in yeah. the park. Yeah, I um they're a great bunch of people and I've yeah I haven't been for a while because I've been just trying to get the videos out on a Sunday morning, mm. but but yeah, yeah, they are a great bunch of people and uh, those numbers need to rise in figures, don't they, to show solidarity. 
Yeah, ours has been rising. We've got a lot of new people lately, so it's going really well. Yeah. Paul, listen, it's been great chatting. Stay on the line so I can thank you properly, but for the purposes of the tape, <laughs> uh, much love to you and yours, mate, and uh, keep fighting the good fight. Friends at home, links to Paul's book will be below. Grab yourself a copy. Um, if you can... Um, I'll, we'll put Paul's Twitter details and the like below as well, so you can give him a follow. If you can like and subscribe to my channel, that would be wonderful. Click the notification bell and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Cheers, Chris. Welcome, mate. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-Shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username... Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.Thrall. Thank you. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal.